Aloha, y'all. Welcome to the Esports Futurai Ezine podcast, where we chat it up with your favorite celebrities, influencers, local heroes, and people of all walks of life as we reveal the unexpected connection they have to the gaming industry. I'm your host, Chantel Boucher. Hello, hello, and welcome. This is Miss Chantel Boucher, the host of the Easy Podcast, Esports Futurite. How do you like that? Ooh. Did you like that little intro? I like it. And and if you hear this familiar voice sitting across from me, say hello again. Hello again. Can anybody guess who this voice is? Who Does it is? sound familiar? Who is well, this voice? Well, technically, your name is probably on the thumbnail. <laughs> but <laughs> Mr. John Davidson, how are you doing today? I'm doing better now. Oh, Thanks I'm for glad. having me. It's because I'm sitting across from you. That's now. what it is. That's exactly what We're it is. We're not on video. We could be across the world from each other. But in fact, take our I word know. for it. We're actually in front of each other. Six feet apart. Exactly. I think we are actually exactly six feet apart. If you sneeze. <laughs> Excuse me. That was more of a cough. I don't know what that okay. was. Well, anyway, I am so happy to have you here. Thanks and for having me. my how the tables have turned. I they mean, have. usually you're the one doing the interviews here on our network, and and now I get to interview you. And how do you, how does that make you feel today? <laughs> it well, actually, I've been a, a guest on a lot of podcasts, so this might be more comfortable than me being the host. <laughs> I, well, that's true. I, it's true, and I have so many things I want to talk about too. I mean, unlimited amounts of things, and obviously, we can't squeeze it all in one show. But we could try. We can try, and we're gonna have fun while we're doing it. Great. And I happen to love all of your stories so far that I have heard, you know, outside of the show. And what I really wanted to focus on today is. You're just a natural entrepreneur, and I think you probably stumbled on it Yeah, accidentally, I would say. I mean, many of us, like myself, like from the time I was born, I just knew I always wanted to be one, and that's how many entrepreneurs are, but, but I want to hear a little bit more about like how this all started and how it came to be, where you came from, and I want to hear more about that. Yeah, I think if if I was a natural entrepreneur, I was an unaware natural entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. <laughs> so I would say yeah. that my mother is to is to credit my work ethic. Uh-huh. So my mom um, would basically just work me and my brother to death within mm. within child labor. Laws. I was gonna say child labor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so when you know when we were of a certain age, it was like great. I have more help around the house. <laughs> you know, and to be fair, my mom she supported us in sports and she gave us time to skateboard and stuff. But it was definitely, hey, I've got a list of things that need to be done, mm-hmm. and things were as spick and spick and span as they could be. And there was a lot of pulling pulling weeds out of the garden. In fact. The only reason I know what a gazania is, the flower. I, I, I was like, what did you call me? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I am one. I don't know what it is, but. <laughs> yeah. It's like a Sagittarius, but no. That's like a new, like on the cusp. <laughs> right. So a gazania is this flower. And we, for some reason, had this large piece of dirt in our backyard that was covered in gazanias. My mom wanted gazanias. Uh-huh. There's like 50 of them planted oh just in rows. That's awesome. Well, it's <laughs> awesome if weeds don't grow 
And if you're not a child who's tasked mm. with pulling all the weeds out of the gazlenius. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds like life right there. You said it right there. You summed it all up. That right is there. an analogy for life. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. I think so work ethic, I definitely gained through my childhood, but I've always been driven and I've always, I haven't had a clear path of what I wanted to do as far as the end goal, but mm-hmm. I've always wanted to do great things and I've never been afraid to pursue opportunity. Yeah. So I've, you know, I've had a, a ton of very different jobs, but I've traveled all o- all over the United States. Mm-hmm. I've moved everywhere. At one point, let's see, it was over seven years. I had moved nine times, five times cross country, plus a six month long tour wow. where we drove across the country seven times. Wow. I want to say, yeah. So I just always pursued opportunity, but I was the younger brother Mm. and my brother was a huge influence in my life still is. We were best friends growing up and everything. Now he lives in Portland, Oregon. So we talk in text instead of Mm -hmm. hang out in person mostly, Mm -hmm. but I would always follow his lead. And I think the way that took form in my business life was that I was very ambitious and I was always looking for opportunity, but I was a great number two guy. Mm. And I had never had experience in my life being the main dude or the leading guy. And do you think it's just because the opportunity never presented itself or just in your heart you never felt like it was something you wanted to be? I think I was just naturally a follower behind the number one guy. Mm. So my brother was the leader and then I was just kind of attached to his hip growing up. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing was I didn't grow up in a, a family of entrepreneurs. Right. So everybody in my family were teachers and my dad worked at a a factory, but it wasn't an entrepreneurial thing. It wasn't like a business strategy position. So it wasn't until my, let's see, 22 years old that I discovered that business could be a good path for me. Mm -hmm. But that wasn't entrepreneurial business. That was at a big company. In Washington, D.C. So I went to this company and I saw the culture that they had and it it opened my eyes to say, wow, an office job doesn't have to suck. Yep. An office job could actually be a really positive thing depending on who you work with. And it showed me that who you work with matters even more than what you do. Yeah. So I went to school and got my marketing degree and a, a friend of mine at the time was a designer and he was living in Dallas. And so I... He called me up one day. You know how guys are. We don't talk about anything <laughs> other than like surface level yeah. stuff. Yes. Yes. I'm familiar with that. So, yeah. You're like, I know men. I know. I'm familiar I with know that. dudes. And yeah. I got two at home, two kids. Right. Right. <laughs> so me and this guy, we talked about skateboarding and basketball. Mm-hmm. That's about it. He had moved to Dallas shortly before I had moved from D.C. to go back to school. And he called me after school one day and I was doing my homework and he's like, by the way, what are you studying in school? I was like, marketing. And he was like, he, he asked me, do you think you could, are you studying something that you can get a job after school doing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, marketing, pretty essential to business. I like my chances. Yeah. I think his sister had a French degree. <laughs> so I'm not hating on anybody who has a French degree, but Probably harder to find a job. I would say so. That's all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So he was like, oh my gosh, we might work together one day. And I was like, that's Mm -hmm. random. And Mm -hmm. 
probably not. Maybe I'll work at an agency and we'll hire you for a project. Well, fortunately, he had more vision than I did at the time. Mm -hmm. And he was starting his own freelance business. Well, my last year, my last two semesters of college, literally every single day we would get on the phone after I I locked up at Starbucks at 11 o'clock at night because I worked at Starbucks. Mm-hmm. I used to work at Starbucks, too. It was one of my first jobs. Really? It was the only job I ever got fired from. <laughs> <laughs> you want to know why? It required me to go there at 4 o'clock in the morning. Oh, man. There's the problem. I did that shift <laughs> uh, for the first two. I worked there four years. Uh-huh. First two years, I did the morning shift. Second two years, I was They evening. do that. That's like initiation. Yeah. Like, oh, you're new here? You're, you need to come at two, th- 2 o'clock in the morning. It's, it's a little ridiculous. Yeah. Fortunately, there's plenty of coffee. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's the <laughs> You're in the right place. Upside. Yeah. Anyways, proceed. Sorry about that. I had to interject. <laughs> no problem at all. So this guy, he called me every day after I got off work. And we talked for hours on what I learned in school and how it applied to his business. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up moving to Dallas and we launched a design studio together. So that was a point where I was there for five years and I got to experience a startup. And now that I'm doing my own company, I'm like, oh, it dawned on me the other day. I was like, I've done all this before. Uh I just didn't do it for myself. And so back then, you know, I hopefully I make more money with my own company than I did as an employee. (laughs) That's the goal. That's the goal. Yeah. Yeah. But it didn't rely on me. You know, I had stability and Mm -hmm. I had somebody else that to give the final answer, the final approval on stuff. And then I left there, I went to the marketing arm, another big company, and then I went to GameStop, another big company, and then PRG, another big company. Mm-hmm. And then through COVID, you know, all the events in the world stopped happening and PRG mm-hmm. produces all of this. Mm-hmm. So over time, I was eventually furloughed. And what really drove me to finally deciding to start my own company mm-hmm. was I had a recruiter reach out to me for another big company. And it was this VP position and it seemed like it would be a lot of work, like something I could need to kind of grow into, but that I think I could do. And I started to get excited about it. And they said they were going to bring me in for an interview with the decision makers and like the top five people, 400 people applied for this job. Wow. Is that it? <laughs> That's it. So I was like, man, I just want to get in the room. I just want to get in the interview and live with the results. Yes, right. Yes. Well, they ended up calling me back and say, John, we're not moving forward with the interview. We we found other people to uh, people who had already been VP uh-huh. for gaming companies and stuff. Yeah. It was such a gut punch because I was like, it was expectations. Of course. And so I've been working with a coach, an executive coach for the last few months, mm-hmm. which has been awesome, by the way. What is it? What is it that you're finding with an executive coach? Because I, too. Yeah. Uh, have always worked with some form of coach in general and have found it be- beneficial so much so. What yeah. for you was that when the light bulb went off, like, hey, this is like needed? Well, the thing that helps me so much, it's not even so much the business stuff, because mm-hmm. I have a pretty good idea on a lot of the business stuff, mm-hmm. but it's working on me personally. It's almost like a counselor. Yeah. And so this is somebody who actually we had a coaching session today and the last week was hard for me. Mm-hmm. Like I just juggling a lot of stuff. I felt a little overwhelmed the week before I was super excited. Everything yeah. was going awesome. <laughs> and this is the life of an entrepreneur, yes, right? right? Ups and down, up and yeah. down, up and down. But so today, you know, we we're just talking about setting myself up for success, not just for my business, but for life. 
you know, and having yeah. those white spaces where I, I rest mm -hmm. so that my work is more efficient and understanding how I best work. You know, some people yeah. can work all day, every day, and some people can work all yep. night and some people need to get up mm -hmm. early and work in the morning yep. and all of these things. And then just perspective on life, you mm -hmm. know, because ultimately as entrepreneurs, our work is a lot of our life. Mm -hmm. But there's more to life beyond work. Absolutely. And how the rest of our life is going can influence how well we work. And that is something that I'm constantly telling people to as well. Like, you know, maybe the younger generation, even though I'm so young already, you know, 27. Younger all the time. <laughs> Lightning just struck down. 27 Whatever. Again. I'm telling them, like, you have no idea how much other areas of your life can impact the other areas in your life. Absolutely. They think they think they can compartmentalize things and that's simply just not a thing. It's not a thing. Right. And maybe for a short time. It works it can for work. it's a band-aid thing. And then the older you get too, <laughs> you your life like there's more pieces to it. Yep. So you might be married or you might not, but you might have a mortgage mm -hmm. or you have a car payment or I mean you, you have a whole lot more bills the older you get, for one. You have different responsibilities. How do I I have a five-year-old son, so it's like, how do I balance yes. my work time and the time with my son? Mm -hmm. How do I give myself time to skate? How do I and, keep hey, physically and healthy? Going back to this, well, not going back to the skating thing, but you know, that is something that is very predominant in your past is being a professional skateboarder. Which you know, I had the opportunity to have John over my place and grace us with his presence at a small party that I had. And yeah. my son, who's learning how to skateboard, he took the time. He was so sweet to go into the garage and give him some tips. And my son was elated. But as far as that part of your life, what what is one of the takeaways for you that you're able to kind of like apply to what you're doing right now in some way, shape or form? Because I feel like that really molded you a lot, didn't it? It sure did. I Well, I think the biggest part of it is falling down and getting back up. Yeah. And as cliche as it sounds. Yeah, as cliche as it's. I've literally done that for 26 literally. years for fun, you know? <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, that's a big part of it because s skateboarders fail more than they succeed typically. Mm -hmm. If you look at, if you go to a skate park and you just watch people skate, mm -hmm. you're mostly going to watch people not land tricks. <laughs> now, fortunately, yeah. I've skated for a long time and my gift is cons consistency. So yes. I might not do the best, craziest trick in the world, but I'm able to do lots of tricks within a few amount of tries. Yeah, And that also makes skateboarding really fun for me. Yeah. The other thing is probably being more fearless in just going for it. Yep. Because in skateboarding, sometimes you just, you have to commit mm -hmm. and it's to a trick and it's when you get hurt, it's when you hesitate. Yep. And sometimes you are so scared to try the trick you're about to do and you just have to will yourself to try it anyway. Mm -hmm. So when I'm doing something like that on a regular basis that can cause physical injury, mm -hmm. something like moving across the country or starting a new business or something like that. I mean, I'm still going to be fine. Yep. Physically, right? Yeah. It's absolutely. just uh, so. Those are probably the two biggest things: is just that fearlessness, and then, you know, getting used to getting back up. Yeah. And again, as cliche as it sounds, it's just so true. And I want you to share the story that you told me 
earlier too about your son and his about your fishing story because a it's just super cute and b it's just funny how you know when we get older and get a little bit more jaded and fearful and things like that how we can look at something and not really truly see it for what it could be yeah and so I'd like you to maybe share that story because it's just sure. adorable. <laughs> yeah. So anybody who knows me knows that I've been fishing a lot the last few months with my five-year-old son. And what's funny is if th- three and a half months ago, if you had asked me, hey, John, you want to go fishing? Mm-hmm. It would have been a hard no. Yeah. Because I've literally gone fishing two other times my whole life, once in fourth grade, once senior in high school. It wasn't your thing. <laughs> Not my thing. I haven't been around it. I uh-huh. didn't have anybody to take me fishing growing up. And so it just, <laughs> it doesn't sound like fun to have a hook in the water. And stand there for hours. stand there. For, yeah. <laughs> like that's got to be a cop out, right? Like we're going it's fishing. kind of anticlimactic. <laughs> Big time. Yeah. So my son and I, uh, we went to a park and, you know, we're outdoors and we're keeping distance from people because of coronavirus, obviously. Of course. And we went to this park. It had a lot of different cool, unique, like jungle gyms and little mini zip line and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, we've been there a few times. And this one time we went, it was just packed. And so mm-hmm. we're like, well, we're not going to play on any of this stuff because we want to stay safe. Yeah. So there's a pond over here just a, a few steps away. So it's like, let's go over to the pond and check it out. So we're looking around. My son loves animals, loves nature. Mm-hmm. So he's pretty excited about most things. So we're watching these people fish and I'm looking around, enjoying the sunset, whatever. And I hear my son say, daddy, I found a fishing pole. (laughs) I'm like, what are you talking about? And I look down on the ground and it's not a fishing pole. (laughs) It's literally a stick at his feet with a fishing line, Mm -hmm. a lure and a hook Uh on it. Hey, that's a fishing pole. It's a fishing pole, <laughs> according to Huckleberry Finn. Yes. Yeah. Hey, it's all about vision. He's got vision, that childlike spirit. That he does, <laughs> uh, more than you know. Yeah. So we spent three hours not catching fish <laughs> with that pole, and he had the best time. We're, we're going all around this pond, and one guy hooked a fish, and he let my son reel it in. And we go to the other side, and some guy caught a bass, and he lets my son like touch its so mouth and all this stuff. And so the next time I picked him up uh, from his mom, he's got a whole fishing kit. Mm-hmm. He's got the pole, the lures, the hooks, everything. And I'm like, whoa, that was an impactful experience, clearly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So fortunately, we went to my buddy's house and he's done a ton of fishing. So he showed me how to you know, tie the line on the hook and, and all of those things. But we have spent every waking moment for the last three and a half months fishing together. Oh my God. Whether that be <laughs> at our community pond or there's a few other ponds, but I mean, quite literally, the first time I ever took a hook out of a fish's mouth mm-hmm. was when my son caught his first fish. Oh my gosh. And so then funny. I was like, well, now I need to get a pole. And <laughs> and now I've got completely followed. I love it. You know, all because he had vision. I bet you would have just walked right past that stick if you saw it. <laughs> Clearly would not have seen it. In fact, most people would have looked right at that and not thought, let's go fishing with this thing. But I still have it because one day I'm going to frame that. Oh my gosh. Um, you totally should do yeah. that. That's, yeah. that's so cute. And you know, that kind of brings me along to like, 
again, visions, like taking a look at something and maybe seeing something more given whatever your circumstances is. And I know like for you, you know, these different seasons in life and stuff that you go through and how to like maximize the pros and minimize the cons. Can you speak to that? Because I think that is really important for anyone to know whether they're an entrepreneur or not given our circumstances right now. Yeah, I'm a big believer in it. It's really changed my focus. So I'm a big believer in seasons of life. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is whatever season you're in in life right now, it might be personal, it might be professional, whatever. Yeah. It's temporary. Now, we don't know how long it'll be. But what we can do is we can look at the current situation you're in and say, okay, there are pros and cons to this situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like to use the example of being single or married. Yeah. Right? Because typically the people who are in one situation wish they were in the other. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> but so one example, if you're single... You have a lot of time. You have extra time. Now, you might, that's one of the pros, right? You have more freedom, more flexibility. You can go do whatever you want. Now, the downside of that is you don't have a partner to share your life with. You might not have Mm -hmm. the things that come with that. If you're married, okay, you have your partner that you're doing life with, you have your kids or whatever, but you also have more responsibilities. And yes. so you're a little more locked down as far as you have more to think about than just yourself. Yeah. Absolutely. So you might not have as much freedom or you might not have as much extra time. Mm-hmm. And so the perfect example for this in my life was when I went to PRG. So from GameStop to PRG, PRG basically gave me permission to fly anywhere I needed for business. That's awesome. Yeah, it was it was incredible. And at the time I was like, man, I don't know if I'm going to do this for two years or five years or have this be, you know, where I'm at for the rest of my career. Uh-huh. Uh, it was six months before Corona hit. Oh my! So God. I got a lot of flying in. And you could take a friend with you in the future, right? I'll let you know. <laughs> Just yeah, I'm going to have a lottery. I'm going to pick names out of a hat. Yeah, that's what you should do. Just everyone on the, all your friends. Exactly. Just get a hat. <laughs> so with PRG, I said, you know what? I'm single. And I have this opportunity right now to just go and pursue business. Yep. And people would say, John, don't you hate traveling that much? And I don't hate traveling that much yet. Mm-hmm. I said, well, at some point I might. Uh-huh. What I'm trying to do is travel while I enjoy it so much that yep. when I don't enjoy it, I don't have to do it anymore. Yep. Let me self set myself up success for the future. Mm-hmm. And so what I would just encourage everybody to do I mean, coronavirus, we're in a little bit of a different time, right? Mm -hmm. And there's pros and cons. The cons might be, I'm stuck at home. I can't go out. I lost my job, Mm -hmm. right? And even worse things than that. Mm -hmm. But if you look, there are benefits. There are unique silver linings to everybody's situation. They may not be obvious, but they are there. Yeah. And so what I would encourage people to do is look at your situation and say, what is different now that will not be permanent? Mm-hmm. And one of those things right now is extra time. Mm-hmm. And so my perspective going to coronavirus, I was like, how can I come out stronger than I went in? Mm-hmm. And I've been busy. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. But I, I, you know, I would say if there's a skill that you're lacking, you have time to take a class online. Mm-hmm. And there are, on, there are online classes. If you need to learn a language or whatever, or if you are a workaholic, but now you're out of work, and you have time with your kids. Yep. Right. Make those memories. You know, take the time to, I don't know, improve your relationships, things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So they may not be obvious, but everybody has those opportunities. And mm-hmm. just just think of each moment as a season of life. 
where I'm at now is not permanent. It's temporary, whether it's good or bad. Yes. Didn't come Maximize to stay. the positives. Yeah. Yeah. It all came to not stay. And right. I think, you know, another thing that I'd like you to kind of talk about, too, because I'm, I'm genuinely interested in this part is okay. you being not the rest keynote, of it, just this part, not the rest of it, just mainly this part. That's why I had you <laughs> in is yeah, when did you find yourself all of a sudden going from becoming a skateboarder to getting into the marketing getting into the gaming industry, then being a keynote speaker and then doing a TED talk? Like, how does yeah. one how does it go from like that point and then bloop, all of a sudden TED talk? It's. People, keynote speakers dream about doing a TED Talk. That's yeah. like when you're doing a TED Talk, you have somewhat in shape or form can have arrived, quote unquote. Sure. I want to hear and in closing, because I know we got to wrap this up soon, but this is something that I really wanted to know. And I saved the best question for last. Boom. Let's Boom. When, when I want to hear that story of, of yeah. how you even got on a TED Talk to begin with. I mean, I can understand because I've spent more than five seconds with you. <laughs> but right. yeah, I want to hear the story. Yeah, it was, well, I actually, I, ironically, I became a TED Talk speaker before a keynote speaker, <laughs> which you could say a TED Talk <laughs> is kind of like a keynote, but I find these opportunities, I you know, I, I, <laughs> I leverage every opportunity I have. So basically, um, this is how it happened. My It all comes back to Sacramento State which is where I went okay. to school. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they have a feature, shout out Hornets, stingers up. It's a oh, thing they oh, okay. do. Okay, they cool. do the, the pinky up and I'm, they see stingers up. I'm doing it right up. now. Okay. You, can, you guys can't see this, but I am. Perfectly. You did it perfectly the first time. It's, it's impressive. It's crooked though. Look at Oh my goodness. I'm, I'm deformed, everybody. Just so you all know there. I'm not perfect. The audience should be, <laughs> feel fortunate that this is an audio only <laughs> episode. <laughs> it's scary, y'all. It is anyway. a little bit. So Stingers up, oh, Sacramento State. So they have a feature called Made at Sac State. Okay. So what it is, it's essentially, it's a marketing vehicle to get new people to come to Sac State. And so what they do is they highlight the people who are successful or famous, who have graduated from their school. Mm-hmm. And they basically say, look at these great stories, these amazing people. This could be you. These yeah. people were made at Sac State. Ah. which is what they call Sacramento State. Uh-huh. And so when I was at the design studio, we're doing a bunch of cool stuff, working with cool brands. And so I hit them up and I said, look, I, I've seen you featuring these people who, this is like a real example of one person featured on there. Yeah. Escaped communist Romania, swam across the ocean, <laughs> you know, got in at Sac State, had a 4.2, started all these clubs and now works at a cubicle in a cubicle at a big company. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's like a couple things there. Number one, none of your students want to work in cubicles. No. Secondly, Mm-mm. it's not an attainable story. It's Mm-mm. impressive. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. But I said, look, my story is I was a B plus student. Mm-hmm. I wasn't involved in any clubs because mm-hmm. I was working two jobs while I went to school full time. And now I'm doing stuff that your students want to do for a living. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, yeah, that's cool. Well, so they featured me the first time. Then I went over to the marketing arm, which is a global agency. And I said, hey, guys, reason for a follow-up feature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I said, now I'm at this global agency. Also, we have an apprenticeship program. And I would love to share that with your students. Mm. Because one thing I understand is how to find valuable things for groups that will benefit both of us. Yeah. So the best way to get somebody to do something for you is for you to do something for them. Mm-hmm. So I understand that colleges are judged 
based on how many, what percentage of their students get a job after school. Mm-hmm. So the, they would be very interested if I have an apprenticeship program, I have a vehicle for their students to get jobs after school, right? Yeah. So they said, John, we'd love to have you come out, speak to our students, et cetera. And I said, perfect. Let me just get the marketing arm to pay for my trip to go out there since I'm, a, you yeah. know. So I pitched it to them and they said, we're not going to pay for that. <laughs> and hey, I said, you, you tried. <laughs> I tried and I said, well, screw it. I'm going to go anyway. Uh-huh. So I went anyway, I talked to six different classes over three days, participated in this business luncheon with students and stuff like that. And the la- or one of the professors I talked to her class, whose class I talked to, she is in charge, I didn't know this, she's in charge with who speaks at Sac State, like mm-hmm. when they hire speakers. Mm-hmm. And so she, I spoke at her class and she took me to the side and said, John, I really love the way you present. If you don't mind, I'd like you to present privately to this girl who's an MBA student. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, that's weird, but sure. So Mm -hmm. I gave my whole presentation between my other class presentations to this one girl. She said, you know, I really like the way you present. We are doing a TED Talk event at Sac State. Mm -hmm. This was in February. She said, we're doing it in November. Would you like to be a part of it? I said, I'd love to. That sounds awesome, et cetera. So meanwhile, I go to GameStop. I was at TMA, I go to GameStop, starting everything, and this was kind of on the back burner. I hadn't heard from them in a while, and I was like, well, maybe that that just wasn't going to happen. Well, they shoot me an email right after I get this new job at GameStop. Hey, John, we'd love to have you audition. for." And I was like, audition? Like, I thought I was... (laughs) You were like, what are you talking about? Offered this already, right? (laughs) So I was like, okay, well, I'm way too busy. So they told me the the theme of the TED Talk was boomerang, which around what goes around comes around. Yeah. So I was like, there's probably a lot of really smart people giving talks on this topic. Mm -hmm. How can I differentiate myself? What can I do? What's a completely different take that a smart person wouldn't take on this? I was like, oh, they're going to be thinking of these all deep (laughs) theological, physiological takes on it. So you know what they won't do is take a very literal take on the term boomerang. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So it's like, I'm going to do a talk on perseverance uh-huh. and I'm going to introduce it through the process of me learning how to throw an actual boomerang. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I so I auditioned and they said, John, we love the intro. It's amazing. But perseverance is not a unique thought. Uh-huh. And so keep the intro, rewrite the speech for a unique thought. Uh-huh. And we'll consider you. Uh-huh. So I was so busy. I never rewrote the speech. Uh-huh. And I was it was about two weeks later, and I hadn't heard back from them. And this one day I was about to shoot them an email and say, you know what, guys? I am so busy. I'm so overwhelmed over here. I'm trying to learn how to do this new new job. I'm uh-huh. drinking from the fire hose. Uh-huh. I think you probably went with somebody else, but in any case, I'd like to just withdraw my name from consideration. Right. And that morning before I had an opportunity to send that email, I received an email that said, congratulations, <laughs> we'd like to welcome you. And you're like, what? <laughs> I was like, YOLO. Oh my God. <laughs> Let's that do it. So, that's so meant to be. Right? Just it, That is another example of what we were talking about earlier of when you're dealing with other things in your life, 
Yeah. That when you prioritize certain things, that yep. things just work out in the way that it should when you're paying attention to what you need to be truly paying attention to. And you could be yeah. still getting that goal and that outcome that you were trying to achieve just in a different way. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think it's also a lesson in just the importance of just going for it. Yeah. That's like right. if you think back, if I had not, well, if I had not approached them to do the feature, none of it would have happened. Yeah. If I hadn't gone and paid my own way, for what I saw as an opportunity, once the marketing arm mm-hmm. didn't pay for my ticket, mm-hmm. none of that would have happened. Mm-hmm. And then if I, upon receiving that email, the congratulations, if I had said, I'm still too busy, uh-huh. it wouldn't have happened. Exactly. And now, and then I've done multiple keynotes after that. Right. Because, because I, of that. Because I'm a TED Talk speaker. Yeah. That is so awesome. Well, you know, John... You're inspirational to me. I'm not going to say that to you too much because we're becoming pretty good friends. And you might not get as many compliments as you will when you're on my show. But I'm giving it to you today. I'll take what I can get (laughs) while I can get it. Hey, so before before we head out, why don't you tell everybody here and all the listeners where they can hear you at, what you got going on on your podcast, the topics, the subjects, any of those things. Absolutely. I am I am very blessed to be part of this network and be the host of the DLC Drop podcast, whoa, whoa, whoop, beer, whoop, beer, beer. which is all about sharing the stories behind the journeys of industry leaders and then hearing from them what is coming next in your industry that I we have it. to know about. I love it. So great stories, great insights. It's going to be a good time. You can follow me on Twitter at DLC underscore youth. Nice. Same on Instagram. You can follow me on LinkedIn where I'm posting content all the time. Just look up John Davidson Esports and I should be the first guy to pop up. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much again. And thank you to all to listening to the Esports Future Eye e-zine podcast where we were behind the lens with Mr. John Davidson. Thank you again and aloha y'all. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Esports Future Eye E-Zine Podcast. This podcast is part of the Esports Future Eye Podcast Network and produced by Innovation Media Enterprises. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast channel and leave us a review. I know, I know